0: Country Podcast Edition. (laughs) I've always been around great songwriters and artists my whole life. I'm Michael Knox. Welcome to my world. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Jay Snell Dean and you are listening to my boy Michael Knox on Knox Country Podcast. Welcome to the Knox Country Syndicated Radio Show Podcast. We have uh Jaron Boyer in the studio today. Um I've known Jaron a long time. I've actually probably been the guy um, I think I gave you your first cut, didn't I? That's
1: right. Sure did.
0: Which song? What, what was it on? Did, uh, humor me. You know, just like praise me for a
1: minute. Yeah, Jason Aldean. You might have heard of him. And what was the title? Uh, I ain't ready to quit. And then you co-wrote it with. Yeah, I wrote that with uh, Thomas Rhett and uh, Ben Stennis.
0: Yeah, I, I remember you and Thomas coming into my office. That's when I met you for the first
1: time. Yeah, that was a, that was a big day as a songwriter. Um, I remember Thomas called me and was like, "Hey." Knox wants us to come listen to this song. And I was like, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I remember I was driving over. I was at my office, and we drove over there from my office. And, man, that was was probably one of the coolest feelings ever, you know, having Jason Aldean sing one of your songs. It was pretty cool as a songwriter.
0: Well, man, tell us a little bit, because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't know your story, but you actually didn't start writing songs until, like, your mid-20s.
1: Yeah, I moved to, my dad lived here in Nashville, but I moved to Nashville to, just to get out of the small town, and, uh, but my, my whole family, my dad's family is all musically talented, so it's kind of in the genes, but when I moved here, I was, you know, I thought about going to college and maybe trying to do something in my life, but, um. And then you chose songwriting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I started hanging, I met Ben Stennis, and I just got the music bug, and, um my dad had a little studio at his house and so i was always messing around in there when i moved to nashville and i just got that music bug and everybody it felt like everybody in town did music so that's just man i just wanted to do music i fell in love with it you know First well, man, sight.
0: but 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 did you were you playing instruments in high school were you playing i mean because no. i mean because that's what's amazing it's so hard to learn an instrument later than younger
1: I, I mean and, and yeah. if you're just picking everything up in your late 20s man that's crazy yeah I didn't man I didn't I didn't even think about music I mean I, I love music but I was so into sports I was playing every sport so I really didn't have time I mean didn't have time to do music you know I was playing football basketball and ran track and uh just didn't really I didn't really think about music until I moved here and and then I just fell in love with it Oh, well, well, when things started, um, who was your first publishing deal with? That was the Bug Windswept. Uh, a guy named David Corlew um, heard some of my stuff, and he did a little co venture with Bug Windswept at the time. And then Bug Windswept ended up getting bought by BMG. So, when you were at
0: Bug and Windswept, were you getting cuts there? Were you getting some activity there? Or was it more just starting
1: startin up? Uh, yeah, I had a few cuts here and there. I felt like I was. You know, my publishers kept telling me I was on the verge of just, you know, breaking. You know, I never, I didn't have any singles, but. Well, you were known.
0: Well, you had a reputation of of kind of one of the earlier track guys, kind of around, you know, guys that were were self contained, do their own recordings, you know, play, you know, play some instruments and, and, you know, kind of do it all self
1: contained. Yeah. um, I think around 2012, I started, you know, I bought me a little rig and I tried to be a producer you know just kind of got tired of just going to to the demo sessions and and I kind of wanted to control you know when you're in the demo sessions you're doing it so fast and I just kind of wanted to take my time and peel apart some parts and add parts and so anyways yeah I got into that and I man I I feel like I lived in my office forever well you you've had three number
0: ones you know they don't know for Jason Aldean was a number two for five weeks so it's kind of like you've had four number ones but um but like you started out with working with guys like writing with guys like Sam Hunt, Thomas Rhett. I mean, you, you know, you were writing with a lot of young artists and a lot of guys like that. I mean, so you had a you had a little bit of a of an ear for for kind
1: of things that were moving forward. Yeah, I was man, just to talk about the kids that started up when I first signed. I was writing with FGL; they were still in college, and um, they had this cool little band and it's a cool following and thomas rett was he was still in college and um i think ben vaughn was like hey i gotta get you with jaren and so i was one of the first co-writers. thomas rett we'll become good buddies and we we man fuck like we wrote every day and then um sam hunt i remember he first came to town and he was looking for songs and bmg played him some songs and he didn't like anything and they were like, well, let's, let me play you some of Jaren's stuff. It's it's this new, fresh stuff, and it's kind of ahead of everything. But listen to it, and and uh, he was like, yeah, I want to write with this guy. So me and Sam, we end up writing. We wrote, man. We, I mean, that was the first of his career, but we wrote a bunch of songs together. And, but you had one end up on that first record, he played. yeah. I did. Yeah, it's called "Um Fandalizer." Yeah, Sam. I so was Sam. he in college at that time, or no, was he... he? He was. Um, he just he was at Kansas City. Uh, football yeah. at the chiefs yeah he was at their training camp and he got cut and he, he told me he's like man i'm glad i got cut i i wanted to come to nashville and do music that's cool yeah it was pretty cool
0: well um well let's dive into a couple of these songs man because um your first number one hell of a night yeah you know c- kind of tell me how that kind of came about who you wrote it with and and the kind of the story behind it
1: yeah i wrote that with zach crow he um he's sam hunt's producer and i was writing with zach quite a bit at the time and and adam sanders we were writing that day but we were trying to write a jason aldean song well we had that on hold for jason for a long time yeah and uh i mean we were shooting straight for jason aldean and and uh i guess adam sanders and zach were on the road with with uh dustin and i think dustin they played that song for dustin dustin fell in love with it and so dustin cut it and ended up being a Big number one for me. So hell of a night was your first number one. Yeah, that was my first number one. I just signed with Peer Music. Um, I was about three three months in when I wrote that song. Oh, I remember. I mean, because we
0: always like writers that get them early cuts where where we don't owe them any money. You're <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. Thank you, Mickey. <laughs> yeah. no that was really cool, Dustin. Man, I was I was super excited. I had a cut on his first record, and um and I thought that was going to be a single, but. Which one was that? It's called Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
0: Wait, what what was it called?
1: (laughs) What was it called? It's called Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Hey, guys, it's Jaren Boyer. If you want to have a hell of a night, you need to listen to Knox Country right now.
0: Okay, cool. And and now you also wrote Flatliner for Cole Swindell, who had that, that duet with Dirks Bentley, which also went number one. But that one has an earlier story, like like you had written that years before.
1: Yeah, I actually wrote that the same year as Hell of a Night. I wrote that, you know, two months, I think, into my, my Peer deal. Yeah, you hadn't done anything really good after that
0: first couple of months at Peer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, <you're>... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that first year at Peer, um, man, I had three singles on the radio from that, that year. Yep. So I need to go back and listen to that catalog and see if i have any other good songs and from that from that year <laughs> i signed up here but you wrote that with cole earlier yeah i wrote that with cole we wrote with a little producer uh matt brown and um yeah that was that was a cool little ride we was actually we wasn't really at writing for cole at the time because cole he wasn't he wasn't a signed artist yet he i think he had a little song on the highway and chilling and i think that was it, it just kind of hit radio um the highway radio and uh yeah, we you know he had that idea, and I thought it was really cool. And we were trying to find some fast tempo song, and end up that's how it. Turned out, it turned out really good. Well, when did you find out that that was going to
0: go on a later record, and then Dirks Bentley's jumping in on it? Did did you ever fall into that, or was that something you just heard about after they had already done it?
1: Yeah, man, was it about four years later after we wrote that song? Cole, I think it was on the second album. Isn't that
0: crazy? Four years later.
1: Yeah. Four you know, you,
0: you probably forgot about the song and
1: then four years later it's popping up. Yeah, four years later and I heard he was gonna cut it and, and I heard Dirks Bentley really loved the song and wanted to be on the song with him and, and I was like, Man, that's definitely gonna be a single if Dirks is on it with him. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, it was cool and it ended up being the first track on the record and and uh, I don't know, I think it was seventh or sixth number one for him.
0: Well, that was a big song, dude. And then that led into Somewhere on a Beach with Dirk Bentley. Yeah. Which was a monster song. I mean, we even see it on commercials about drinking tea these days. Yeah, that's definitely uh, my biggest song to ever hit radio. But that started over a couple of different meetings, right? It started at the beach and then ended up here in Nashville somewhere.
1: Yeah, me, uh, Michael Tyler, and Josh Miranda, we were on a little writer's retreat. And uh, we were on the beach in Destin. And... uh we come up with that idea but we never we couldn't figure out the right we just couldn't figure it out we love the idea and then we you know end up coming back into town and writing that song and it turned out to be the biggest song of my career
0: yeah but when so y'all far. came what when y'all came up here y'all were you were working on another song correct or something like that and then and then yeah. y'all got drugged back
1: into that one yeah we were working on another song and, and michael tyler was off that day or he was i don't know what he was doing but he he was finishing whatever he's doing but he knocked on my door my office and he came in and we played him a little track we were working on and he was like man let's write that summer on the beach song to this track and and anyways he you know michael tyler did his little magic and started the song and
0: so that was a huge song that earned you a c-sack song of the year award
1: yeah man that was big big day i remember that night y'all didn't know it was coming. Cause y'all were
0: both sitting there with with deer in, you know deer in the headlights, you know.
1: Yeah, man, we I, we had no idea, and uh, I I wasn't even thinking at the time it'd be up for song of the year, but you knew something was up when Dirks came on stage to give an award. <laughs> yeah, I mean, MTs looked at each other when we seen Dirks, and we were like, "Are oh, you gotta be kidding? This is about to happen." And anyways, yeah, like Dirks introduced the song, the song of the year for C-Sack and man that was a big moment because me and mt we man we went way back to like 2012 writing songs and it's been a long time and we knew we were gonna you know write some hits together we just didn't know when but that was a cool moment you know when your buddies have a number one and song of the year it's pretty cool
0: yeah and mt always tells a story that just a couple of years earlier y'all were putting money together to buy sandwiches yeah. And then all of a sudden y'all were having singles and everything on the radio and overextending yourself buying homes
1: and stuff. Yeah, we were de- we we're roommates and we were definitely struggling. He had a little easier time than I did. He could he was using his mom's credit cards. <laughs> and and I was broke. I mean, I wasn't making anything, writing songs. But I knew it was about to happen, but yeah, it was it was pretty funny.
0: Knox Country.
1: Podcast edition. (laughs) Some of you know me as a record producer for
0: acts like Jason Aldean and Thomas Rhett. Others know me as the son of rock and roll legend Buddy Knox, party doll fame, back in 1957. I'm Michael Knox. Welcome to my world. You're listening to Knox Country.
1: podcast.
0: Hey, this is Keith Urban. What's up, y'all? your boys here, Florida, Georgia, live. Hey, this This is Little Big town. Town. And you're listening to Knox Country. You've entered Knox Country. Welcome back to the Knox Country Podcast now let's talk about the best sounding cut you've ever had they don't know I mean you know that's probably your best sounding recorded you know songwriting recording you've ever had yeah, well, I mean really good. is it as good as maybe girl like
1: you are getting warmed up or dirt to dust yeah no it. it heaven you know. I was pretty good Mickey <laughs> no sorry <laughs> yeah man they don't know sound yeah it was awesome um but a, they don't know, man. It just hung
0: out at number two for like five weeks, six weeks.
1: Yeah, it hurt that it didn't go number one. But yeah, well but those was, ho-
0: well those holiday peaks, man, are tough. You know, you get caught up in that
1: in that you know frozen chart section. Nah, it was, but it was still really cool to see Jason Aldean have the They Don't Know tour. I mean, I've always looked up to Jason, and he's definitely been my favorite artist. And have him sing your song on on tours. Man, that's, that's a pretty big moment for a songwriter. Well, man, you had
0: the title of the album, the title of the tour, a single off that record. Now, this record, um, you, you have a couple of cuts on there this year. You know, Yeah, and, three cuts. And yeah. he's opening his show with one of them. Have you got yeah. to see that yet in any form?
1: Yeah, i just seen a little video. Um, What's video, the name of that one? Uh, getting Warmed Up. Yeah. yeah, That's really... I feel like that's going to be one of my next big songs, and Girl you is going to be a big like a big but on on
0: getting warmed up you reached into your rap world right
1: you know your your heart and soul (laughs) yeah it was pretty funny on that song uh we wrote the song and and i had a little work tape and i had a little i have like all these packets from jay-z and of rapping and clips and stuff and so i just threw a little clip of jay-z at the end rapping and i kind of quantized it where it fit on the tempo and I sent it to the guys and the guys were texting back laughing and and they're like, Oh, that's so awesome have Jay Z at the end and I was like, Man, I feel like this song would be cool if we had some cool rapper or Jay Z or just something like that and and then uh you come in my office one day and I was playing you the work tape, I was like, Hey, come check this song out, I got you gotta hear it and I forgot I had Jay Z at the end of it <laughs> rapping <laughs> and and I got to the very end and Jay Z, you know, pops up at the very end of the song and starts rapping and and Knox kind of grins, but and he's like, "Man, I really like that part." He's like, "Y'all got to come up with a y'all got to come up with something like that in the song." He's like, "He goes, that's a cool moment." He goes, "I want y'all to come up with with something like that." So the next day we all got together, and, and um, Josh put this cool little rap together, and and it's what's I don't necessarily know if it's a rap. It's just like a hot part of the hot part of the song. Yep. And, but that one turned over quick, man.
0: Right when y'all did the work tape, I drove it out to Jason's house and played it to him. And, oh yeah, and um, and and he was on it first second. You know, he was already talking about it being a show opener, and we hadn't even cut it yet. So the pressure big pressure, pressure was on. on for us to cut that right you know because he was already talking about it being the show opener talking yeah. about it being things like that and my little
1: work tape was really cool but man, I, oh i getting, destroyed it <laughs> yeah getting that record back <laughs> hearing the record cut was man blew us away we were no. just like man that's definitely there's a lot of magic behind that song
0: no yeah. the, the the best job that the hardest job i have is not messing up y'all's cuts because y'all's demos are, are great
1: and they're and they're they're masters of their own yeah i mean but you, you got your thing you do that that makes jason aldean sound like jason aldean and i don't think anybody else can do that but yeah it just man that song turned out so good i mean i feel like every that this new jason aldean record is definitely probably sounds better than anything i've heard in a long time so, well thank you that yeah, sounds awesome
0: Hey guys, it's Shalacey. Check us out on the web at KnoxCountry360.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KnoxCountry360. Well, let's jump into one last thing that I want to talk to you about, man, is this um, this Rascal Flats cut you did, you know, the Riot song. And um, to me, man, well, that's one of your that's one of your better songwriting moments and um and i and i hate it wasn't a number one for you but that thing has gotten more attention man than than most cuts have who've gone number one but um i mean do, do you even i mean because that happened that happened in that first year too didn't it
1: Yeah it was, yeah on the first year writing for pier um man when you play that out people are singing it yeah everybody talks about that song still um i had i had a bunch of songwriters text and artists text me when that song came out and they're like man i said i'm gonna come to your number one party and but anyway it didn't happen but it's still a good song um first time i got to hear um rascal flatts sing it i heard the album cut before it came out and man that was that's pretty cool because gary the vox is one of the best singers in town and and that was just super cool moment hearing that and then at the I don't think it was, what's the awards in Vegas, the ACMs? Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, Rascal Flatts sang it with Christine Aguilera. and actually, yeah, That was crazy, dude. Yeah. I was I was actually at home that year watching it, and um, actually Dustin Lynch texted me. He was like, dude, he goes, you wouldn't believe what's going down right now. He goes, this is amazing. Yeah, I was there. I, I saw it happen. Yeah, that was, a big, that was so cool. I've had three songs at the ACM Awards three years in a row pretty much and uh that's so cool to have your song just at the award show it means you're doing something as a songwriter pretty good i guess
0: well man you're you're definitely you know moving upward in your in your career so what are things that are that are your goals i mean where where are you wanting to see this go you wanting to see this go into into production you want to see this go into you know a,
1: a different place i mean what's your goals in this yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to be known as a songwriter, and, um, you know, having Song of the Year and Number Ones is always a great accomplishment, and, you know, I just want to keep writing great songs, and uh, I want to produce a little bit, I'm producing a little kid right now named Josh Miranda, and uh, he's, got, he's got a little EP out on Spotify, and he's doing really good wanting him to get a deal and that'd be so cool to you know, have a one-year artist get a deal and produce him and kind of just like what you did with jason that'd be cool to for that to happen and
0: you know so man i'm very i'm very happy to uh, have you part of this show and i appreciate you being here
1: knox country
0: thanks for joining us on this episode of the knox country podcast special thanks go out to co-host Miss lacey griffin and producer donnie walker see you next time
1: Country Outtakes.
0: Um, do we need to take a break? I mean, are you, are you you need to calm down? Or do we? I need... <laughs> got serious here for a second. <laughs> Jaren, Jaren, can lay back, buddy, oh, no, real quick, because this ain't the Jaren. Okay. <laughs> this ain't the This ain't the Jaren we get to no. hang out with every day. All, all of a sudden, it's like he's going crazy. I said, Hey, Xanax Jaren, before? what's your goals? My goals are... <laughs> I mean, that, that song earned you the 2013
1: CSAC Song of the Year Award. 2013. What year is it right now? 2018? <laughs> <laughs> you sure? No, it was 2016,
0: right? I think it was 2016. Oh, did I miss... Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, wait. <laughs> wait, what year is it <laughs> <that? laughs> <laughs> Wait Hold on, Wait. Uh, hold
1: on. That's 13 <laughs> You're like, like Yeah, yeah was, I was like Man yeah. I need to get another song on radio That's <laughs> uh, <13. laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fire right. my publisher Knox Country
0: Podcast Edition